she told me I was too passionate. And so what she was saying is, if you're going to stay here, you need to fit in our box. Your, your light is too bright. Your candle is shining too bright. It's bothering people. So change who you are and you'll do fine. And I thought, I mean, I came home and I really sat on it because I'd worked so hard for this. I mean, I'm under a mountain of student loan debt and all of that. You know what I mean? Um, the single mom up at midnight, up till midnight writing papers and then up at 4.30 a.m. to get the breakfast made and lunches made and kids off to school to be at work by 7.30 in the morning, like years of that. I thought I've worked really hard to get here. And she's telling me that who I am is not going to make it. I have to change. And I've done that my whole life. I have changed to fit into somebody else's mold my entire life. My religion, my my husband, like I bent myself in pretzels to fit what other people said I should be. And I just said enough. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowering Her podcast. As always, I'm Melody Pormorati, and uh, I want to share how much what we do here matters because I woke up this morning. I'm like on my last days of COVID. I wasn't feeling good. I was in bed and I started thinking about what the day held for me and the people that I get to talk to and the work that I get to do. And immediately I had a rush of energy and really one of those things that I was looking forward to is talking to our guest today, Tiffany Kane, um, on the podcast. And when I just really visualized and imagined it for myself, I was like, these are the things that give me energy. These are not the things that take away energy. So even though I wasn't 100% today when I woke up, I mean, I, I feel like I sound like I usually do right now because I've gotten so much energy and light from um, the conversations that I've had, the opportunity of having Tiffany um, is an amazing guest, and I'm so excited for you to hear her story of resilience and claiming her superpowers. Uh, but I also got to do a facilitator meeting with our girl life coaches, like just really great stuff. And so um, I guess the reason I'm sharing this is because I do believe that we are all the creators of our own reality. And if you look at your life or if you look in the mirror and what is reflecting back to you isn't exactly the life that that you crave and that you yearn for, I don't ever want you to think um, that you don't hold power to change that and to transform that in the direction of your own goals and dreams. I think so often so many of us think that life is happening to us. Um, but really, we get to be such active participants in the way that things play out. So, you know, really, really getting in touch with our heart, with our belief systems, with our understanding of what is possible, and perhaps being willing to change our perceptions to know, trust, and believe um, that in this one precious life, we play such an active role. Uh, and we get to make changes and we get to surround ourselves by the dreamers and the believers and the people who cheer us on. And we get to do the same for others. I mean, I could do a whole podcast episode just on this, uh, but I'm so grateful that um, 
I feel lifted up. And Tiffany is a wonderful human being. Uh, I'm going to read her bio for you. She is known as the Heck Yes Coach. She spent two decades in public education and specializes in professional development training, professional adults, and public speaking. She's also an entrepreneur and writer who brings her passion for the art of the spoken word to people who need help finding their voice. Tiffany is passionate about coaching women to turn life's painful nose in life and business into empowered opportunities to find the heck yes. Tiffany's mission is to empower and educate women to elevate their voice and story through podcasting, writing, and other media. She left a cult religion and is a survivor of a toxic, abusive marriage. She created weaves in her personal experience to create empathy and connection with the woman she serves. Tiffany is the co-founder of Kazaa Media Productions, as well as the host of two podcasts, Radical Audacity, which is award-winning, and Mastering the Podcaster Mindset. I know that you will love Tiffany as much as I do. Um, I know that you will find strength in her story. She had so many crossroads in life where she took huge leaps of faith uh, and trusted her intuition. And um, I hope that her story brings you comfort wherever in life you are. Um, without further ado, here is Tiffany Kane. Do you ever feel like you wish you could do more for this generation of girls, our future generation of women, like actually be a change agent on the front lines and introduce girls to their many superpowers? I always ask myself this question, who would I be today if as a young girl, I was told that I am powerful beyond measure? Who would you be, beautiful listener? I know it in my heart that it's time that girls are taught from as young an age as possible that they have everything they need within them to create a beautiful life. Why do we need to wait until our 30s and 40s to finally start feeling good in our skin, with our own thoughts, in our own bodies? The stats are that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine. This is a stat that I can't live with and I'm literally in the business of changing. If you too feel the feels when you hear this and wanna learn more about what you can do like our 190 facilitators across the globe are doing to start running their girls' empowerment workshops, events, businesses, I want you to learn more about the Girl Life Academy. It's time for all women to step into a career that adds value to the planet, rewards us personally, professionally, spiritually, and financially. We are welcoming new heart-centered girl life facilitators all year around to run our curriculum in their local communities. We provide you with the certification, the business know-how, a supportive community, and so much more to get your girls' empowerment endeavor off the ground in a smooth yet powerful way. To learn more about the application process and how you can make the Girl Life Academy a part of your personal reality, go to www.girllifeempowerment.com. That's with one L, www.girllifeempowerment.com, or check out our show notes to learn more. Tiffany Kane, I am so excited to have you on the Empowering Her podcast. Welcome, beautiful human. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here. And I think both of us this morning, we were chatting before we got on about 
resilience. And I think we're both showing up today in a resilient spirit and I'm here for it. I'm excited. So thank you. Aren't we? And it's great to have you. We were just talking about Tiffany was on a like late night flight last night. (laughs) She's in Pacific time. So it's like 7 15 AM for you. You're such a trooper and I'm here with COVID, but we're here because you're this is the stuff that lights us up. Like, that's what I said to myself. Remember when I contacted you a few days ago and I'm like, I don't know if we should do this. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling, but like I woke up this morning, not feeling the greatest. And the thought that you and I were going to speak actually gave me energy. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that we're here together. And Tiffany, you and I met through, um, a retreat, right? Like, I feel like the first time we, we saw each other was at a retreat. We'd been following each other on social. Um, I find it so amazing how through these um, joint connections and joint experiences uh, and passion projects where we really get to connect and attract our tribe and our group of women. Have you found that as well with these events that you attend? Absolutely. It blows me away, especially with our story. Let's, Let's talk about our story. I've followed you for a long time. And when I realized you were at the retreat, I was like, wait, what? What? I followed Melody and her work. I had heard you through somebody else. I I can't even follow the breadcrumbs back to who I heard you through and just loved your work. I love what you do. And it was so thrilling to me that we connected. And I feel like now that we're able to get back in the world and make those real life connections, they're so much sweeter and so much more powerful. And we're here talking girl life empowerment. I think this is female superpower. What our superpower is, is connection. And I think for a long time it was taken from us, not just COVID, but like patriarchy and all of that, like our true superpower of women coming together and connecting and collaborating, like we're an unstoppable force Mm. when we dig into that power. And we've been trained for centuries to not trust that power, to distrust it, to be jealous, to be whatever. And I'm just so thrilled every time there's a real life example of, oh my goodness, look at us connecting and look at what we can do when we connect. So it felt magical when we met in person because I mean, I could go on and on about this. I could, <laughs> I get on my soapbox about this stuff, oh, but yes, Lily, I agree with you. you. You said it so beautifully and, and I'm just so excited to have the opportunity to learn more about you and all of the amazing things you do. I mean, the first thing I want to say is I had the pleasure of being a speaker at your raise the raise your volume summit, which was so amazing. You brought together a beautiful group of women, Um, But what blew me away that week during your summit, when I sat in on some of those sessions was what a gifted coach you are, like the way that you um, led these women to transformation when, when they had hot seats with you was something incredible. Now, is that something that just is innately you and intuitively like you are a coach through and through, or did you get trained to do that. Cause as a coach myself, I was just watching and I was like, get it girl. <laughs> I think it's a combination. Um, mm-hmm. every time I take one of those, like, what is your purpose tests, you know, um, teacher coach, like I was born to do that. I was a classroom teacher for t- 
16 years. And then I trained teachers, coached teachers for four years. So 20 years in that world. Um, So yes, it's like in my DNA, it's in my blood. But I also had on the job training of learning how to coach adults and an adult pedagogy, adult learning, adult coaching. And so, you know, that was invaluable of, you know, how do you hold up the mirror so somebody sees their gifts rather than saying, this is what you need to fix. This is what you need to do. Just asking those questions of what do you want and what are your gifts and what feels right for you? Because what feels right for me may not feel right for you. And so being able to hold that space and just constantly tell people, no, I'm just holding up the mirror. Mm -hmm. And that's truly how I see my job as a coach. I'm just holding up the mirror. This is what I see of you. And I want you to see it of you, like just holding up the mirror. And so, yeah, it feels beautiful and right and natural. And I absolutely love doing it. Um, And my greatest challenge in coaching is also coaching myself and believing in myself. So I think for all of us, anybody listening right now, it's often our greatest challenge is ourselves, right? Like, how do I hold up the mirror for myself? <laughs> and so, I, you know, we're all on this journey together and um, ah, learning, learning how to completely love ourselves. 100%. And it's so important that that same grace that we have for the people that we serve, we have for ourselves, yes. um, first and foremost. So, so you really hit the nail on the head with that. Um, now you are doing some incredible, incredible things. And I want you to first talk to us about some of the things that you're doing. And then I want to kind of work backwards and talk about um, you've got some beautiful stories of resilience. I, I just can't wait for our audience to hear more from you about how you got to where you are today. And let's start with today and then move it on back. Oh, this is fun. So we get to like <laughs> back it up, back it up. Okay. So where I'm at right now, I'm the CEO of my own business, which is a lifelong dream. Uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial heart, but never quite knew how to get there. And so I, I'm finally there. Uh, my partner and I, my life partner and I have a business together and it's a media production company and it's really fun. I get to help people podcast and do things podcast adjacent, which is really, really exciting. And I absolutely love it. Um, but what I really do, what I'm really passionate about is helping women I, I mean, you heard it in my summit, raise the volume of your voice. Like that is my mantra, raise your volume, raise your volume. Mm-hmm. And I'm very passionate. I'm starting a charity. I have a project that I get to announce probably in about a week Ooh. that I think is going <laughs> to change the game for women in media, in podcasting. Um, okay. So all of the work I'm doing with my raise your volume summit, my podcast is really wanting to have women step into their power. Um, I get on my soapbox about this. We have been trained for centuries to think that we don't have a voice. We've been erased from the history books. We've, especially if you're a woman of color, especially if you're a woman of low income and, you know, historically women have been low income because we weren't allowed to own property. I mean, my mother's mother, my grandmother couldn't have her own bank account, right? We Women didn't start having bank accounts until our mothers, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you had to have a man 
a male kin, a husband, a father on your bank account with you, and they had control of your money. Well, if we don't have control of our money, how do we have true power? Because you know that that's what the world runs on. And so for centuries, for centuries, for centuries, women's voices, women's stories, women's contributions have been overlooked and unheard. Well, we live in a time where all of those barriers have been knocked away, right? We can start a podcast for very little money and our stories get out there. We can have a blog. We can have a YouTube channel. Whatever you want, you name it, we're able to get out there. Just those, there's no more gatekeepers saying, I'm sorry, women's voices can't be heard. Your stories can't be told. And so it's time. It's time. There's not a single woman out there that doesn't have some sort of incredible story and some sort of incredible contribution to give the world. And I'm just really passionate about helping to lower those boundaries, get them out of the way and help more women get out there and get their story told. Whatever that story is, sometimes the most seemingly simple stories are the most powerful stories because they're stories of connection. They're stories of, hey, there's someone out there going through the same thing as you. Or their stories of inspiration of look what she overcame, or their stories of innovation, or their stories of social change. Of uh, I love disruptors. I love people that say, "Heck no, this isn't the way it's going to be," and "Heck yes, we're going to change it." You know. And so that's my work right now is doing anything I possibly can to get more female stories out there. That is absolutely amazing. You're such a testament to that. Um, and how amazing that you're giving women a platform and you're expressing to them that your story matters. Like you don't need to hide. And when we come out of hiding, we ultimately empower the masses, right? Like it's it's not even about the masses, but it's about that one person, that one person who hears something that resonates with them, that inspires them in some way. So thank you for doing that incredible work because we need more women like yourself um, stepping out there and sharing their true magic, their authenticity. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. And I always say like there, there, we all have so many stories that lead us to the place that we are, to the things that we're doing. Um, everyone in this community knows what led me to start girl life. And, and it didn't always come from things that were easy. In fact, it came from a lot of strife and a lot of challenge. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I would love for you to share uh, a little bit about your own story of resilience. Like what brought you to this point that you're doing what you're doing? I was raised deep, deep in the patriarchy. I was raised in a very strict, very, many call it a cult religion, um, super patriarchal, super you know, women's place is definitely subject to men, subject to our fathers, subject to our husbands, subject even to our brothers. Um, even if our brother was younger, they had power over us, right? And um, it it left me feeling so lost, right? Like I was a very religious young woman. I did everything I could to do everything right in that religion. I loved it so much. I was so quote unquote righteous, so there for it. But the older I got and the more barriers and walls that came down around me, the more I realized I just don't belong here. 
I got in so much trouble just for asking questions and I was passionate. I was curious. I studied. I cannot tell you. I've read the Bible back and forth multiple times. I have studied. I've just dug deep. And if I was a man, I would have been totally fine, right? Like I would be lauded for that. But as a woman, I was told I didn't have faith. I was told I shouldn't question. I was told that this wasn't a woman's place to ask these questions. And it just, my, I just, my fire was getting doused over and over and over and over again. And I just, I had so many questions and I just started realizing things didn't align and they didn't align with the way I saw the world and I believed in the world and I believed in humanity. One of the big defining things was I had a dance teacher in high school. He was a high school dance teacher and I took a dance class in high school and he was great and he loved the kids and he allowed our creativity to flow. And it was like a space where I felt really free and he happened to be gay. Mm-hmm. And in my life, I had never met somebody openly gay. Now, a teacher in the South, openly gay, quote unquote, is not super openly gay. Okay. Like in 19, <laughs> this was, you know, late 1989 and South Florida. And, you know, but he was gay and we knew he was gay. Um, and I just thought he was the greatest. Like, I just loved him. And I remember going to one of the elders and saying, I don't understand. He's a good man. He has spent his entire life helping kids, helping young people and doing good in the world. And I don't understand how God could say that he's bad. And I got told that how wrong my faith was, how I didn't believe and, and everything. And, and so that really set me down the path of questioning. And at 19 years old, I left. I I left the religion. And it wasn't just leaving a religion. It was truly leaving my entire world and my entire life. I mean, I had I had been raised to believe that going to college was bad, that um people outside my religion were quote unquote worldly and would harm me and harm my mind and harm my whole, my soul and my spirituality and so i should only be friends with the people in the religion in fact my biological family that was not part of this religion was less family than the people in the religion okay so you've got to understand leaving this religion is truly leaving your your world that you grew up in. And at 19, I packed up my little blue Toyota Corolla. I think I had about $1,500 I'd saved from babysitting. And I drove 3,000 miles across the country in a little car that needed oil every single day and needed water every single day. And um, I left everything I knew and everyone I knew. It started over fresh in California and rented a room for the crazy person and <laughs> for $200 a month and started a new life and went to college and it took me eight years to get my undergrad. And I'm just, it's been the hardest road and it's been the best road. And I'm just so glad I did it. Oh. And there's more to this story, but I'm going to pause there. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. What a story. I, I really just get goosebumps listening to you share that. I mean, um, it's amazing how the intuition knocks, right? Like it knocks and it was speaking to you. It was telling you that there's more for you and this is not for you. And, um, you know, when, when we think about, uh, as you had mentioned, like with boys, they could get curious and they could go to school and they could be educated. So why wouldn't they be just fine in, in that religion? Right. 
But Mm -hmm. as a woman, as a girl who was curious and who wanted answers, um, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's very sad to me that, um, you were one who knew that there was something better for you on the outside. And, and you took that huge, bold, courageous step to walk away. And you think of all of the young women who are still part of the religion and who probably feel a lot like you did, um, who just, they they didn't feel the strength and the courage to, to walk away. How, How did you know that what was on the other side, I mean, you just said you rented a room from a crazy person. So like that couldn't have been easy, but obviously none of it was. <laughs> like it was, it was still better than what you knew, right? Like, how did you know what was waiting for you um, could be so much better and more welcoming than what, than what was on the inside of what you did know? I didn't, mm. I didn't. And I, I think in a lot of life changes, we don't know. Yeah. You don't, I mean, you jump off a cliff and and build the wings as you go, right? Like a lot of us just don't know. And if you wait until you know, often it's just too darn late. You'll you'll never know. Um, I just knew that I couldn't stay. I just knew that I a part of me was dying and would continue to die if I stayed. Um, there were a lot of factors involved. My parents were going through a terrible divorce, which was ugly and nasty. And um, just a lot of things were happening where my world was being spun. And I just knew that where I was, I would get sucked into that vortex and that the religion was poisonous for me, that what was happening with my parents was poisonous for me. And I just needed to get out to this day, Melody. My mother doesn't talk to me and my youngest sister doesn't talk to me. They're still part of the religion. Um, essentially I'm dead to them. Um, you know, my decision truly made me lose parts of my family and every friend I had made to that point. Um, so no, I, I had no idea. And when I left, I probably had for about six months to a year, every single night, massive, horrible, gut-wrenching nightmares. And so what I want everybody listening to hear is when you make big giant life decisions and life changes very rarely are they easy very rarely are they like la 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 angels come from the heavens and this is the right thing and i know it's the right thing and and this is great often we're just going off of what is happening right now for me is not right and i just need to take steps i don't know where i'm going i don't know what's going to happen but i know I need to make changes and I need to make steps. And sometimes they're small little steps and sometimes it's a giant earthquake. I mean, when you think of the geology of the earth, giant mountain ranges are created from tiny little earthquakes and sometimes a giant cataclysmic earthquake creates huge changes, right? Like changes happen in both ways. And I think it's for us as well. So sometimes we're creating tiny little earthquakes in our life. And sometimes it's a big, giant, cataclysmic thing that we just have to take the leap. And either way you do it, it's not easy. Um, but you, if you listen to your soul and you listen to your heart and you listen to your intuition, it'll guide you and you'll you'll get there. 
I think that's the best advice. That really is the best advice. Because I know a lot of people hearing your story are like, kind of like myself. I'm like, but how did you know? How did you, <laughs> you can do it? How did you take that massive action? But you listen to your heart and your soul and your intuition. Yeah. Um, and what came next, Tiffany, after that? So like you rented the room, you moved to California. What then? So a lot, you know, a lot of cool things happen. A lot of uncool things happen because that's how life is when you're 19, 20 and, and learning how to, I, I had lived so religiously sheltered that I had no idea. I had no idea about boys, like dating. I didn't, in my religion, you date to get married. And so often the first person you date is the person you get married. I had no idea about dating. I had no idea you could date to figure out what you want in life. Like that was not a concept I knew. So you can take the re- girl out of the religion. You can't always take the religion out of the girl, right? So I ended up marrying pretty much the first person I dated out in California. And there was so much of my training inside of me as far as the man is the head of the household and you're subject to him. Um, so much of that, that I did end up spending 20 years of my life, 19 of years of my life with a man who um, was not right for me. You know, it, it ended up being, um, abusive on many levels. And I left after 19 years. So that was another cataclysmic shift of I have two young children and I need to start over. And I knew I needed to do it quickly. And I pretty much walked away, walked away from my house. I walked away um, almost with nothing, right? I packed up my car and moved into a little one bedroom apartment with my two kids and started from scratch. I, in fact, I had, because my young son was, was new, he was four when I got divorced. I had spent the previous years, one of those years I didn't work. And the other three years I only worked part-time as a teacher, you know, because I was a mom of two young kids and that's, that's what our family decided to do. So it was truly my first year back at work full-time was my first year divorced. And um, it was it was massive. It was cataclysmic. It was the hardest thing ever, but it saved my life, Melody. Wow. It literally saved my life. When at the end of my marriage, I had been hospitalized two different times for um, almost unknown reasons. Like pe- nobody could figure out why my body was failing. My blood pressure was uncontrolled. I one time got taken to the hospital in an ambulance and a code stroke called on me when I got to the hospital and we could not figure out what was wrong with me. Six months after my divorce, and I was on about 12 different medications. Six months after my divorce, I was on one medication and healthier than I'd ever been in my entire life. And so it was the hardest thing I'd ever been through, but it literally saved my life. Thank goodness. So the only way out is through, right? Like that's what it is. The only way out is through. And, you know, I, I listened to your story and what you share about how you left the religion, you took this bold action, but you still had those ideologies playing out in your mind and in your heart. And you did believe that you needed to date the first man um, that you marry the first man that you dated. Right. And it's like in life, um, we hear this so often, but what, what a true example of this, nothing ever really goes away until it teaches yeah. us what we're meant to learn. 
And sometimes those lessons take 19 years to learn, but Mm -hmm. that, you know, that was the timing of your life. And look at you now, you know, look Mm -hmm. at you now. That's what I always say. Like we've got these big stories, these superpowers, like something that we teach in our curriculum is we teach girls that we're all born with superpowers. That's just inevitable, right? Those innate gifts that we come into this world with, but the greatest superpowers are the ones that we acquire along our journey, right? Those stories of resilience, those really, really difficult situations that we would never ever choose that shape our realities in the best possible ways. So, um, I, I so appreciate you, um, sharing that with our audience and tell us a little bit about what's on the other side. What's on the other side of all this? What does life look like today? Uh, Messy and beautiful and wonderful and exciting and scary and fantastic and thrilling. And (laughs) it's one of those, I'm on a journey right now. I left I mean, I had another cataclysmic change. I left my 20-year career in public education. It was a a bookend job. It was safe. It was secure. I was told what to do, where to be, when. I, you know, I knew when I was allowed to go to the bathroom. I knew when I was allowed to eat lunch. Um, I knew when my day started, when my day ended. I knew when my vacations were. I knew how much I would retire on. Total bookend job. teaching is in my soul. And so I absolutely loved it, but it got to the end where I thought, oh my goodness, I, I feel I'm suffocating. I feel trapped. I feel like there is so much more I want to do. You know, and as a teacher, I couldn't have a political voice, right? I couldn't speak out about a lot of the things that were important to me. Um, We have to, we have to run a very neutral line like almost have no social media presence and nothing that would bother people or especially as a woman, right? Like you cannot show your tattoos or show yourself drinking or show yourself on a political march. Like none of that could happen or on on the beach in your bathing suit, right? Like none of that can happen. Being a real human being, right? Exactly, exactly. And it got to the point where I thought, I here I am again being told that I can't be who I want to be. In fact, Melody, this is one of my favorite stories. And I I think it's so important for people to hear this. I was going for a promotion at work. I had gotten my master's degree as a single mom with two young children. And I was going for a promotion at work. Um, I had been moving up the ranks administration-wise and was, was, was wanting to continue it. And interviewed for a position I knew I was really qualified for and I'd do really good at and didn't get it. So I sat down with my boss after. And there'd kind of been a couple times I tried and didn't happen. And I just said, can you please explain to me what's happening? Why am I not getting these positions? And this position in particular, like of all the people that applied, I'm truly the most qualified for this. This was, was my master's thesis was on this. This was this has been my life's work was on this particular topic. And she said, well, Tiffany, you're just too passionate. You're too passionate. You want to make too much change. It can be really overwhelming for people. 
a melody that was the greatest gift anybody could have told me. Because if she had said, well, Tiffany, you need more experience here and you need more experience there. And okay, well then let me get that experience. That's fine. But no, 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 no. She told me I was too passionate. And so what she was saying is, if you're going to stay here, you need to fit in our box. Mm-hmm. Your your light is too bright. Your candle is shining too bright. It's bothering people. So change who you are and you'll do fine. And I thought, I mean, I came home and I really sat on it because I'd worked so hard for this. I mean, I'm under a mountain of student loan debt and all of that. You know what I mean? Um as a single mom up at midnight, up till midnight writing papers and then up at 4.30 a.m. to get the breakfast made and lunches made and kids off to school to be at work by 7.30 in the morning, like years of that. I thought I've worked really hard to get here. And she's telling me that who I am is not going to make it. I have to change. And I've done that my whole life. I have changed to fit into somebody else's mold my entire life. My religion, my my husband, like I bent myself in pretzels to fit what other people said I should be. And I just said enough, enough. So again, Melody, I leapt. I quit my job. Teachers don't make enough money to save a ton of money, especially when you're a single mom and you went to grad school and you're leveraged out your ears in grad school loans and trying to make it as a single mom in California and rent for, (laughs) I mean, rent for my one bedroom was two grand a month, right? Like you're, it's hard, right? And so it's not like I said, oh, I'm going to quit my job and I have a year's worth of salary to live off of in savings. You know, no, I just said, there's more for me. And this, I I can't, I will not dim my light anymore. And so I leapt, I, I jumped. And June, um, I was when I was officially f- free, <laughs> I flew the cage. And so I'm truly in the messy middle of entrepreneurship. Um, there's so many incredibly thrilling things about it. And there's absolutely terrifying things about it. And I'm totally open about that, right? Like I'm totally open with saying, this is a hard road. This There's a lot of sleepless nights and there's a lot of, I work harder now than I've ever worked in my life, but I'm working on things I'm passionate about. And my kids see it. My my little 12-year-old wrote me a note and he's like, mom, I am just so proud of you. I am so proud that you quit your job and you're doing things you love. So our kids see it even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when there's big financial struggles, when you're on an aligned path, things work out. And um, so that's where I am right now. I'm definitely Glennon Doyle did a podcast episode about it this past week in the messy middle. And it's it's quite a beautiful place to be, really. It is a beautiful place to be. And I can't help but, uh, you know, what I heard, that word passion, like you left being a teacher, you left because you were told that you were too passionate. And you just told me that what you do now is filled with passion. So it's like, how could you have stayed there when this is your calling and where this is where you're meant to be and where your story can inspire and encourage so many other women to also 
raise the volume of their beautiful voices, their unique voices. I mean, thank you. Like I speak on behalf of all women who are listening to this when I say thank you for, um, you know, for making those moves, for not being afraid or for being afraid and doing it anyways and showing us what's possible because we need that, right? Whatever situation we're in, in our lives, we need to know that there's sunshine on the other side, even though, yes, you said it's the messy middle and it can be difficult, but it's infused with light and sunshine. And that's what I think we all need to hear. Can I tell you a story that just happened on my trip? Because I think this really aligns. I love metaphors. I love when things happen in life. Where you're like, oh, this is such a metaphor for life. So I just went on vacation. My birthday was the second. And so I went out and visited my family. My dad has a vacation house in South Carolina. And so I was visiting with him and he took us out on, um, we took a tour to a fort out in Charleston. And so you get on this big old ferry boat and you ride out to the fort that's on an island out in the harbor. Well, it was drizzly and foggy when we got on the boat in the morning and you couldn't see anything, literally zero visibility, could not see anything. And we felt like we were the only people on the ocean, right? Like those of us on this boat, this was it. That, that was it. You could not see anything. The boat ride was about half an hour long. And over the course of the half hour, the sunshine starts shining. And out of the fog comes these two huge shapes. And it's a bridge. And it's a giant suspension bridge right behind us that we didn't see the whole time. And we're like, whoa, that's crazy. We're taking pictures. And there's this beautiful halo around the boat from the fog and halos around our heads from the sun shining through. And it was really magical. And we get to the island and then on the ride back, it's full sunny. And all around the harbor, there are these giant ships. There's a giant army engineering vessel. There's these huge cargo ships that were next to us the whole time that we could not see. And Melody, this is life. So many times we're in this fog where we feel like we are the only ones traveling on this ocean of life. And there's little beautiful pieces, right? Like there might be a little halo, might be a little glimmer here and there, or there might be a little like, oh, wait a minute. I think that's something over there. I see a shape, but we don't really see what there is. And then when the fog clears and the sun shines and you realize there's so much, I mean, there were dolphins chasing the boat with us on the ride back. They were playing, they were having fun. There was a pot of dolphins and it was the most magical trip both there and back because of the fog and because of the sunshine and the dolphins and the ships. And it every, it was like, I just was jumping out of my skin because I was like, this is, this is life. This is how life is. We cannot often see five feet in front of us. And yet there's so much there. So what I want to say to everybody listening, every girl out there, every mom of a girl, every woman thinking of doing your girl life empowerment programs, it can be utterly terrifying when you feel like you're on this path alone, but you aren't. You're never alone. There's always people out there resources and connections and women and doors opening and and opportunities there for you. And those doors will open as long as you don't lose heart. 
as long as you stay on the journey and stay on the path, it's going to happen. Oh, so beautiful. (laughs) So beautiful. And I love that analogy because, and it's like, you were open to that. You were open to the analogy. You were open to the meaning behind what you experienced. And the magic is there for those of us who are willing to see it, for those of us who are open to it. So thank you for sharing that. That's absolutely gorgeous. Um, Your whole story is so inspiring. Uh, A few questions that I like to ask our guests. um, And I think this, this one is so, it means so much to us because a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine statistically. And so I always like to ask our guests, what would you say to your eight or nine-year-old self today mm. if you had the opportunity? Oh, keep dancing, keep dreaming, keep twirling, keep the magic and the joy alive. Just believe it's there. You know, as a little girl, I I was so imaginative and just inquisitive and I climbed trees and I danced and I I was fascinated with everything and I asked questions about every I probably drove my parents crazy. <laughs> I tested everything. I had a watch that said water resistant and I threw it in the toilet because I thought it would jump out of the water because it was water resistant. Like I tested everything. Um Keep that, keep doing that, keep testing, keep questioning, keep dancing, keep climbing, keep that childish joy and enthusiasm and inquisitiveness, never let it go because it's, that'll keep you going in life. Just keep it up. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And if you could take a billboard out on the world for all to see, what would it say? Raise your volume, girl. Your story matters. I love it. <laughs> Shout it out from the rooftop. Stop playing small. Get big. Do those audacious things that scare you. Wear the bright colors. Take that course. Take the roller skating class. Do the burlesque class. Do whatever it is that you're like, oh, I don't know. What will people say? Do it. Who the frick cares what people say? Do the thing. Shout it out. Live boldly. Live loudly. Live your truth. Even if your truth is, I want to live in a quiet little cabin on the lake (laughs) and write books for the rest of my life. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be loud. Raising your volume doesn't mean you're loud and annoying. It means your volume on your joy and your passion. You live it your life as you want to. That is some billboard. That is it's gonna be long. It's like you need glasses to read that. I, don't I love know. that billboard. <laughs> and I love you. And I'm so grateful for this time with you. You've been so generous with your wisdom and your knowledge. Um, let our audience know how can they connect with you? Where can they find you? Where do you hang out? I'm pretty easy to find as long as you can figure out how to spell my name. Yeah. I am Tiffany Kane in all of those places. Tiffany with a P-H-T-I-P-H-A-N-Y-K-A-N-E. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm not very active over there, but I am there. Um, Tiffany Kane. I even have a, a um, tiki-taki account, but I don't do much with it. Mainly follow people. Um, but yeah, you can find me, Tiffany Kane, all of the places. Um, my podcast is Radical Audacity in Love and Life. I have another podcast just for podcasters. And um, 
I've got some exciting stuff in the works, Melody, that is coming out that I can't wait to tell you about. And um, I can't announce it yet, but there's some exciting things happening. So you piqued my curiosity. Everybody go follow Tiffany Kane so that you can hear about her announcement along with the rest of us when it's out there in the world. I'm cheering you on every step of the way. And I'm so, so grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tiffany. If you love what you're hearing on the Empowering Her podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review. And as a thank you, I would love to share a free audio with you called Claiming Your Enoughness Now. Simply share a screenshot of your review with me on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment with one L, either in the DMs or in a story, and I will send the gift your way. Thank you so much for your listenership. I can't express how much it means to me.